Uh, hello, everybody. I'm your host, Logan Volandi, and welcome back to another episode of Finding Your Voice, the show where we discuss all things voice acting and what it takes to be a voice actor. Uh, video games can be a lot more than just playing. Video games are actually capable of telling compelling stories and are able to grasp the hearts of many gamers, as well as many audiences. My guest today is Gavin Hammond. Uh, Gavin is well known for his voiceover roles uh, in State of Decay 2, where he voiced Nigel Meredith. Star Wars The Old Republic, Shadow Ravon, where he voices D2OA, Harlow Ricks, and Sergeant Barnes. And of course, Telltale Games, The Walking Dead, where he voices Kenny. Gavin, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Logan, thanks so much for having me. I had no idea that I played those characters in the Knights of the Old Republic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I got to ask right out of the bat, um, what made you want to pursue voice acting? Oh, man. So I was probably um, kind of born to do it. I always made a lot of noise. Um, I knew what obnoxious meant when I was like three. And um, I had always kind of mimicked cartoons and TV shows, accents and whatnot. But um, I really had no idea what it was as like a vocation until maybe when I was in my 30s. Um, I watched The Simpsons religiously, but it really never occurred to me that that was something that I could do or that people did for a living. Um, and then I, you know, my I was working in construction and my dad, you know, called me one day and was like, hey, there's this person on the radio who has a voiceover school and um, you should listen. And so I did. And uh, I went and took some classes and, um, you know, spent about five years training and whatnot. And then eventually got signed with agents and just kind of started doing it. And I sort of realized that, yes, this is kind of the thing that I was born to do. Um, so just had the right mindset and took classes and worked at it. Um, my journey is different than everybody else's, of course, but that's uh, that's how I got here. Oh, awesome. Uh, do you remember your first voiceover role that you had? I do. My first paying gig was um, for a local auto body repair shop. And it was a very sort of mid-1990s, early 2000s, sort of like, you know, baseline, you know, with brushes, kind of slow, jazzy thing. You know, it's like, if you've damaged your car, that kind of thing. Um, That was my first gig. Um, I think the first game I ever worked on was this weird Japanese sort of samurai horror game. I think it was called Kuan, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, those are the, the most memorable ones. And from there, it's all just kind of been a blur. Like Knights of the Old Republic. I knew I worked on it, but I don't know. I couldn't tell you who I was. <laughs> I'd have to find me in the game and then be like, oh God, yeah, that guy, that's me. Uh- That's so funny. Um, So I actually wanted to talk about that before going into uh, The Walking Dead. Um, So it was what's really awesome is that, you know, you were in the Star Wars game and and it's actually considered like a classic among games. So uh, how was it like recording uh, lines for that game? Um, So that was kind of weird. As I recall, I was working with... um, a guy uh, named Dara Mm O'Farrell, who is uh, someone I have a tremendous amount of respect for. He's like, I think he's freelance now, but he was um, with LucasArts for the longest time. I took classes with him really early on. He was like a guest director at a particular class I had. 
so he was always someone that I was like, I want to work that dude. Um, and I have a, several times, but uh, yeah, that was just something where I don't know if I auditioned for it or not, but um, I remember I was already in Los Angeles, I think. Um, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, but um, I was down there for something else and you know, got to go in and do it. It's a game. Um, I played it for a while because uh, I'm a big MMO guy myself, um, or I was at the time. Um, and uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, I had a pretty good understanding of kind of like how lines work in MMOs and kind of like what, you know, what NPCs do. And uh, so it was neat. It was like, it was kind of doubly cool to work with Dara and, uh, and to work on something that I had played. Nice. Uh, so, um, so you said that you that you voiced characters in the game, but you didn't know that which characters you voiced. Were they secreted about that when you were recording? No, I don't think so. I think that um, I probably knew and they probably told me what the names were. They probably gave me sort of descriptions about what they were going to do or who they were going to be. But I'm really terrible about keeping track of those things and writing them down. So I had no idea, especially in a, in a game like that, where I'm doing like multiple roles, you know, that are probably incidentals or NPCs or something like that. It's like, I almost never keep track because so many times it's like thug 26 B and it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to remember that one. I'm going to write, write, write that one down. I used to, you know, back, especially when I started, you know, but uh, yeah, these days it's just, eh, it's fine. <laughs> Maybe it'll show up on IMDb because, you know, there's some, you know, some sort of good due diligence person at the at the production company, but it's probably not going to be because I remembered it and, and entered it there, unfortunately. But. Uh, so was it difficult voicing like that many characters for like uh, the background characters or... No, it's pretty straightforward. Usually they kind of like, you know, you establish like whoever initially they want you to do and then, you know, add a little texture, pitch it up, pitch it down, change, do a different dialect. You know, um, uh, Star Wars is a nice sort of universe because it's you're either, you know, if you're if you're a bad guy, you're probably British you know, or like you're an alien or something like that, um, which is nice because then it's like you can lean on that and you've already got like basically a free extra character. Um, but uh, now it's pretty straightforward for me. I can kind of compartmentalize it and I've got, you know, a bunch of different voices, you know, floating around in my head. So I just kind of choose one and then tailor it to what the director or the producers want. Oh, interesting. So now I wanted to talk to The Walking Dead, which is uh, probably uh, one uh, like the most popular uh, game you've ever done. Oh basically. yeah, no question. <laughs> so uh, when you were uh, cast in the game and you found out who you were voicing, what was your reaction when Telltale Games told you that the game was going to be an episodic uh, type game rather than a full length game? Well, we knew that going in with the casting, we knew that um, that it was going to be a different sort of a game. And you could tell just from the casting docs when they sent it out, because it was like, you know, uh, Dave Fenoy, you know, who played Lee in um, in the first season, you know, it tells the story of how how different it was, especially because we're used to, you know, like okay, I'll go over there or grenade or, you know, like challenge lines, taunt lines, things that can very easily be compartmentalized for different situations. Um, especially like MOBAs do that a lot. 
Um, so there's always, and that's kind of what a lot of us, especially interactive games, what we're used to. And this was like scenes. So this was definitely like, you know, I'm introducing myself and I'm talking about my family and I'm telling you what my agenda is and stuff like that, which was pretty different, especially then, you know, um, kind of like early, you know, 20 teens where there wasn't a ton of episodic stuff yet and certainly not like from independent, you know, publishers. Um, so for us, it was definitely um, a, a really sort of noticeable thing at the beginning. Um, and I'm pretty sure that they told us it was episodic. We had already done, um, had, there'd already been a ton of casting, you know, from Telltale for episodic games, you know, Sam and Max. Um, uh, there was like a Puzzle Quest one. Their uh, CSI I had worked on, Law and Order. They had done several sort of episodic games where they were following a narrative. Um, this was just the one that really kind of exploded for them. Um, and so it wasn't something that was a surprise in terms of like how it was different from other games. Um, so we didn't really react to it any differently, you know, in terms of it being episodic. It was more just that it was, you know, much more narrative heavy, you know, which wasn't unusual for them. And since they were a Bay Area company and they were basically hiring in the Bay Area, especially on that, you know, that first season, um, we kind of knew what we were getting into. Nobody really knew what, you know, how successful the game would be and how well it would do and how well it would be received. That was a surprise. But, um, you know, it was uh, probably wasn't a surprise to them, but <laughs> to a lot of us, because we never know, you know, it's like we're doing our parts and it's like we're never working with anybody else. So we never really know how anything is going to play. And then like it all comes together and you're like, yes, yeah. <laughs> rather than just like, oh, I should probably take that one off my resume because it's got like a, you know, a 20 on Metacritic, you know, it was a surprise. <laughs> and, and it was kind of once the first episode came out that it was received really well and people were reacting to it. And then we were kind of like, oh, and then that really changed, you know, the development schedule too. A lot of things came back, you know, as we're working on the second episode, a lot of things were retooled. They had already started working on A Wolf Among Us too. And that, or not two, but also, and that one came back too. And there was a lot of recasting and sort of retooling for that prior. So it, it created a lot of crazy sort of ripples in the Telltale universe. Um, yeah. And, some good, and, some bad. Yeah. And uh, the thing that I really love about the Walking Dead cast is that all of you guys are like really close. Um, and a lot uh, of us of that first season, for sure. Um, mm -hmm. We're all, we're all really, a lot of us are really chummy, um, which is great. You know, um, Melissa Hutchison is one of my best friends. Owen Thomas also, who plays Omid. Um, and a lot of us like met, you know, Sissy Jones, we met, we all met her, you know, cause that was like the first job she'd ever booked. So we all mm -hmm. met Sissy and she's, you know, we're all very close and all very good friends. Um, yeah, Dave and I still talk from time to time. It's kind of like, everybody's still pretty close. Um, less so, I think, as the seasons went on, but um, certainly that first season, we all knew each other, you know, already. So many of us anyway. Interesting. Um, so uh, so Kenny ended up being a fan favorite character, especially <laughs> in season two. Uh, yeah. so, so I was wondering, uh, you know, uh, what uh, does the role of Kenny mean to you? 
Well, I mean, a, a lot of my notoriety and probably subsequent success has has probably stemmed, at least in some small part, from from booking that role and being sort of recognized for it. Mm-hmm. Certainly, any sort of you know social you know, sort of interaction I have with people 99% of the time, it's about Kenny or something like that. You know, I can't post a picture of anything without somebody saying Kenny or boat or duck or whatever, which is fine. You know, I have no problem with that. Um, yeah. So it, it certainly like helped, but you know, it's also, I guess it's a, a bit of a drag because anytime I do any other role, people are like, yep, I hear Kenny in there. And it's like, you don't, but cool, you know. Um, so that's something too. But uh, I, you know, I don't mind. I think any sort of notoriety or attention is better than none. Um, I've never like been one where I'm trying to be, you know, like the guy that's super out there and doing tons of stuff, and you know, with hundreds of thousands of followers on any social or anything like that. I like being sort of not very well known, and you know, sort of in the more in the shadows than the spotlight, just because it makes it easier for me to do, you know, my job. But, um, you know, that that kind of put me out there a little more than I might have liked, but uh, it's died down considerably now. So now it's fine. <laughs> yeah, especially since uh, the games are, are finished. I think the final season ended up uh, everything perfectly. Did you uh, play the final season? I did not. I haven't really. The only time I've ever played any of the Walking Dead games was under um, what I like to think of as telltale duress, you know, either where I have to sit through a stream and maybe play and they always kind of want me to kill myself um, or I'll sit through someone else watching it, you know, um, just to sort of reactions for charity streams or something like that, which are super fun to do. But um, I generally don't play games that I work on because I don't love, you know, hearing myself implemented in games just because. Um, So no, the only one that I've really played of my own free will was the first um, episode of A Wolf Among Us, which I liked a lot. But um, yeah, I generally, I, I have not played any of the Walking Dead games besides the ones that you can find video of me playing. Uh, and uh, when you were doing the Walking Dead games, as well as uh, the Wolf Among Us, were you in the same, because I know uh, Melissa Hutchinson and Dave Fenoy recorded their lines separately for season mm-hmm. one. I was wondering if it was the same for you, and did it change for season two? It's always been, we're always pretty much solo and in isolation. Um, every now and then, they will have us record together. I recorded once with Melissa, and it was, and it, I think it was just because the director really kind of wanted to do it this way. And it was the scene where Kenny dies. Mm -hmm. So there's video that Melissa's posted of me at uh, Fantasy Records in Berkeley, um, you know, which no longer exists, but um, or Fantasy Studios. And uh, it's me reacting and doing grunts or efforts or something like that. but no, we're pretty much always solo. If we're lucky, they've already got audio of the other actor and they can use that to play us in so we can kind of riff off of it. But no, I would say 99% of the time we're recording in isolation. Oh, interesting. And I heard somewhere that Telltale originally wanted Kenny as the villain for season two, right? And That's the way it was pitched to me. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and um, I, I heard that you genuinely uh, genuinely thought that Kenny had died in season one. So mm. 
what was your what was your reaction when they told you hey we're bringing kenny back but we want him as like we're thinking of bringing him back as a villain so the way that season one ended um the way that we originally recorded it um kenny did die he there was all kinds of you know like he goes down to save uh ben and then uh you know like it's torn to pieces and so there's all kinds of you know like dying you know dying efforts and whatnot and then the other one i think for he falls through a roof to save krista maybe something like yeah, that I don't krista, remember. yeah yeah so that was another one both of those where there was definitely audio um that he died and then at the rap party sean vanneman um came up to me and was like i erased all your death audio and i was like oh Okay. So, I mean, I had come back and they had kind of like done some other things where it wasn't as clear that he had died. And then I remember I was standing with uh, Jory Prume, may he rest in peace, um, who was the recordist on all of it. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, you know, nudged me and he's like, I still have all the audio. But, <laughs> um, uh, because of course he did. But uh, yeah, so I, I at that point, I was like, oh, well, maybe something's going to happen there. And I remember I would bug uh, Julian Kwasniewski, who directed all of it, and um, and he was, or all the audio, and he was like, uh, I think they'd be dumb not to bring you back, dude. He's like, they're probably going to, you know, do something with it. I don't know. And then um, Kirsten Kennedy, who uh, is an old friend, who's like uh, my uh, high school friend of mine's sister who was like, you know, also a producer and like a, one of the lead, uh, lead producers on, on the game and on season two, she like had me come out to tell tale and like showed me storyboards of like, you know, bearded Kenny and what was going to happen. And like their, their, you know, their plan was that he was going to be the big bad, but it was not testing very well because people liked Kenny and they didn't necessarily want it to go that direction. Um, so it was always being retooled pretty much you know, from like day one until day 312 when they finally wrapped the thing. I don't know that that's how many days it was. Felt like it. But um, yeah, so there were, there were always things that were being retooled and tweaked and stuff. So I just was glad to be involved. And, you know, thanks to Scott Porter being involved, we all got a, like a significant raise. <laughs> so that was pretty nice too. That, that, that was awesome. Like, Thank you, Scott uh, Porter. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Kenny can die in either season two or in season mm-hmm. three, depending on the player's choices. So I wanted to ask you if you remembered the last day of recording um, Kenny's death, uh, was it emotional to say goodbye to him, considering that you had voiced him for such a while? Um, not like the not like the actual death with Melissa, like when we recorded for season three and it was like for the spoilers for the car crash or whatever it was, um, that was not uh, terribly emotional. It was cool to be recording at Fantasy Studios and it was cool to record, you know, on set with Melissa. But um, no, I think it was more like um, the emotion for me, I really felt pretty profoundly um, when we were recording that last scene one of the last scenes that you could have in season two where he's, you know, dropping Clementine off, you know, uh, that one to me was way more poignant. And it was probably just because I thought the writing was really superb for that whole scene. It was kind of every, every which way I imagined it, you know, um, which was really, really nice. But no, I don't get too emotionally involved because it's like, 
I mean, I get to voice these characters, but I, I don't create them. You know what I mean? It's not my character. It's just something that I was chosen and I'm very fortunate to get to voice. Mm. So they tell me what they do and they tell me what they say. And, you know, I just try to make that happen. So I don't get too attached to, you know, how I feel about those characters. Cause to me, my feelings on them are pretty irrelevant. You know, it, it's basically just, I'm there to do a job and I'm going to do the best job that I can. It's the same sort of work ethic I would apply to, you know, a talking toy or like a corporate narration. It's kind of just, just like fortunate and, you know, enjoy getting to do what I do. So I don't get too, you know, worked up about, you know, letting go or anything like that. Cause I don't know, for all I know, they could do something with Kenny in, in a, some other way and I'd be happy to do it. I don't know that that's going to happen, but you know, we always want to work. So. Yeah. Right. And I mean, they could, they could do a story uh, with Kenny that takes place uh, between the events of seasons one and two, like, Maybe sure. explaining how he got, uh, he survived all that and how soon he ended up finding him. <laughs> beyond getting lucky? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, there was, there was always talk about that, uh, especially after the first season and even like going into the second season. Um, there was a lot of talk about that. I remember when Bruner was at the studio still, um, he would talk about it a lot, but nothing ever came of it. So I don't imagine anything would at this point, but who knows? It's not up to me. Yeah. <laughs> so it was such a shame what happened to Telltale Games when they shut down. And I know a lot of the cast members, including yourself, were really close with the developers. Uh, Some of them. So what was your reaction when you heard the news that Telltale Games were shutting down? How do I answer this question? Um, so by that point, by the time um, by the time they shuttered, uh, it was mid session uh, during season four for Melissa. Melissa was in a session, and they just I think she texted me at that time. Um, that was not a huge surprise. It was a huge disappointment. Um, it had been a pretty weird, you know last couple years, um, my relationship with all the developers that, you know, I was close to had left. They were no longer with the company. They had moved on to do their own things. There were still a few people I was close to that got laid off during that time. Um, there was still a lot of sort of casting and a lot of, you know, um, licensed games that they were working on that did not make a ton of sense. Um, because all of, anytime they're doing those things, there was a lot of pretty much everything that, you know, that they've done with very few exceptions was licensed. So they're paying somebody to make a game for it. Um, especially towards the end there, there was a lot of what we, you know, non-celebrity voice actors refer to as stunt casting, where they would find, um, people with the most Twitter followers or actors that don't necessarily fit the idea and they would spend money having putting people into those into games and then have to recast them they didn't necessarily work out. Um, so there were a lot of things that just felt like, you know, mismanagement. And so when they ultimately shuttered, it was extremely disappointing because it was like, you know, 
Um, you guys basically have known the way that you were operating and yet continued to do so. Uh, and it was hugely disappointing to, you know, shudder in the middle of a game, you know, in the middle of a session and then having, you know, Skybound, God bless them. I love Skybound mm -hmm. um, intensely. Um, for to have them step up to kind of see the thing through was amazing. So, but yeah, it was disappointing. It was not surprising. Yeah, and I think it was uh, especially because uh, they were do mainly doing games that uh, weren't really received well. Like they were doing like Minecraft mm. and they were doing like other stuff. And yeah, and then they shut down, I think, after uh, episode two of the final season uh, came out, I think. Yeah, it was as they were recording, I think the third episode is when, you know, it was very abrupt too. Mm. Um, yeah, it was, was just, you know, uh, disappointing to say the least. So, but yeah, I don't know. And I don't know what's going to happen with this future, you know, this sort of future endeavor. I believe it's just something, uh, I don't know if it's a working studio. I know that um, at least my understanding is that uh, if Wolf 2 is, is, is happening, that's being made by Ad Hoc, which is, mm -hmm. you know, Pierre Charette, Dennis Lenart, Nick Herman, like guys that created them at Telltale. So that's incredibly encouraging. If they're, if, you know, if Telltale would just be the publisher, I don't know. I don't really understand that stuff. I don't really pay that much attention to it. And, you know, all I know is what's been announced. Right. Um, so uh, I want to talk about State of Decay 2 now. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't uh, remember anything. Did that so, come out? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think Excellent. it came out years ago. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so in State of the K2, you voiced a character called Nigel Meredith. Okay. Um, and I was wondering if you remember that considering the game is set in the zombie apocalypse, how was it like diving back into that genre after you had done The Walking Dead? Oh, man. So I just really, I think, I don't remember anything about the game and I couldn't <laughs> even tell you like what the characters sounded like. Uh, I have a vague memory that um, I was off type for the casting and I was kind of like concerned when I got there. I'm like, I was a little bit concerned because, you know, I thought that you were looking for an, an actor that was like a different ethnicity and they're like, oh, no, 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 don't worry about that. You know, this is just, you're just like a guy. And I was like, okay. So my mission was mainly like, don't make it sound like Kenny. And maybe it does, I don't know. I hope he wasn't Southern, but um, I couldn't tell you if he was or not. I'm sorry, I don't remember. You know, that was like during a long stretch of driving to Los Angeles and recording some game, you know, it was, which was a thing for quite a while. So you, did you spend a lot of time uh, with, uh, working on that game or no? I probably had maybe one or two sessions. I don't remember, to be honest, I'd have to go back and look at my emails. And I mean, even then probably my emails were for something that was a code name because nine, like nine times out of 10, you know, you don't know what the game you're working on is. And a lot of times they won't even tell you, you know, you're kind of like, yeah, so what are we working on? And they'd be like a game. Okay, cool. <laughs> Cause they don't want you to know. It's like, I'm under NDA. I'm here. You can tell me now, but no, nah, they never want to do that. So I, a lot of times something comes out and it'll say I'm in the cast and I'll be like, sure. 
don't know what I did. Don't know who I was because it was called Project, you know, Rhinoceros or something like that. <laughs> now I guess it's, you know, COD. I don't know. Like you never even know until it comes out and hopefully shows up on IMDb. Right. Uh, and and um, you, you've you never seen any gameplay of State of Decay or? No. Was it good? Did you play it? Uh, I played a little bit of it. I had a lot of fun with it. Oh, good. Good, good. No, I don't know. I have no idea. I never saw any of it because they like even there, like they generally don't have those assets yet. It's like they might be able to show you if you have to match like some kind of weird, you know, like in League of Legends, we would often have to match at least a basic, you know, model of like, uh, you know, an ultimate ability or a super or something like that. So you'd have to like get the timing down and do a little bit of like ADR for it, you know, because it's like, yo, okay, I go up. I come down and then I stab. Gotcha. Three beats, you know, but aside from that, it's, we generally never see any of it. You just see a script and maybe they'll show you, you know, the opening trailer and you go, wow, that looks gorgeous. And then, you know, and that's it. So. So we only have like a minute left. Uh, All right. Time runs out, but I wanted to ask you two more questions really quick. Sure. Of course. Okay. Uh, do you have any upcoming projects that you want to discuss? Uh, nothing I can ever talk about. There's all kinds of stuff. Uh, I, I, oh, I can talk. New World, I guess, just came out. Apparently, I'm in that. Um, I don't know. Uh, no, but generally, we can't talk about anything because they just, you know, that's all under embargo NDA until it comes out. So, yes, I do have many other projects coming out. I wish oh. that I could tell you about them, but I don't remember either. So there's that. Oh man, I, I really wanted to know what kind of other projects you were you were going to. Sorry, ask me in like six months. Okay. Like, oh yeah, those. <laughs> I played those. Yeah. Awesome. I will. I'll be sure. I'll be sure to ask you that. <laughs> be happy to tell you retroactively. So uh, I know uh, Wolf Among Us two. Um, it was announced uh, and they are working on it. Did they reach out to you asking you if you wanted to return as Beast or the, the twins? I have not. Uh, I cannot say if anyone has reached out to me to work or reprise any roles in that game. I don't know hardly anything about it. So as far as I know, my guess is that maybe they're not at that point yet where they're talking about casting, but I don't know. Okay. Um, well, that's all the questions I have, uh, Gavin. Cool. Uh, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to do this interview with me. It was such a blast wow. talking to you. Thank you, Logan. It was my pleasure.